the reason why I was named one of the amazing people is because that simple model solved a big problem. It, it, it helped speed up our processes and save our company some money. So don't think that like as a new, a new beginner that you can't make a huge impact at your company. Just try to have like, just make sure that you still have like that business mindset problems you're trying to solve. You hear me talk about my star interview method. I'm trying to solve a problem. Always have that mindset and the sky's the limit. Monica here. Welcome to the Data Podcast for Nerds, where we get to talk to amazing professionals and ask them all about how they're using data to solve the world's problems. We're highlighting all kinds of awesome skills that data professionals use that you might not actually think are data skills, but they are. So today with us, we have Tiffany Teasley. How are you today, Tiffany? I'm doing well. Thank you, Monica, for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm so glad to have you. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so we typically start out our episodes by understanding people's origin stories. So if you could please tell us about your background and how you got to where you are today in your career. Oh, wow. My, my story is, <laughs> I have a very unique story. So I was a high school math teacher for 20 years before I became a data scientist, but I'm going to take it all the way back to high school. You know, I left high school with hopes of becoming a chemist. Like I just knew I was going to be a chemist one day. And, you know, I, I got a scholarship from the American Chemical Society. Like I was ready to be a chemist. And what happened was the summer before my um, freshman year in college, I had the opportunity to work in an organic chemistry lab at a local university. And during that summer, someone's experiment blew up. <laughs> and so the whole entire building had to be evacuated. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older. So I had a brand new pager, if anyone knows what that is. A beeper. <laughs> it was before cell phones. And, you know, just standing beside this huge magnetic machine, it just wiped my pager clean. It completely broke my pager. So, you know, as a high school, you know, student, I was just over. I was done. I was like, chemistry is not for me. So when I got to college, <laughs> when I got to college, I changed my major to math. So that's how I, that's how I became a math person. I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do because I, you know, I had switched from that chemistry mindset. But I did have the opportunity to teach when I was actually in college. My mom is also an educator, and at our local church, we had an academy. So I actually had my first year of teaching experience when I was in high school. So when I graduated, I went back to my, you know, my, my former high school. And of course I had a really great relationship with my teachers and then they offered me a job and that's how I, it all started. You know, that's, that's how I teach. I got my first teaching job. I fell in love with it. I, I actually really enjoyed, you know, teaching. And then it was until about 2011 when the state of North Carolina, they started grading teachers on how well their students perform on integrate test scores. And so basically they would give me a score and tell me how effective I was based on students' test scores and their attendance. And so that's that's when data science first was introduced to me, you know, to my teammates, because we we're just like, you know, is it is it a regret? What curve is this? Is this the cubic regression? Like, you know, we're trying to figure out how, how can you give us a score 
as a teacher based on these different factors. And so that's when we learn about data. I became very data driven in my classroom, you know, from that point on. And I really, you know, I, and then I started to get a little burnt out with teaching. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, you hear stories about teachers, you know, that teacher burnout. But I realized that my burnout came from I had I had teach. I was teaching high school students during the day. And then I started coming home to teenagers at night. And so that's when I started to get a little, when my kids got a little bit older, I started to get a little burnt out. And so I started looking into data science. 2017, I completed a one year um, program. It was called Advanced. It was a graduate, a graduate applied statistics and data management. So like I finished this program, I just knew I was gonna be a data scientist, but I quickly learned that that wasn't gonna be enough because I didn't have any of the technical skills. I learned enough statistics to make my head explode, but I didn't have like, you know, we learned SAS, we didn't learn Python. So mm -hmm. I had to put my dreams of becoming a data scientist on pause. And then the year of the pandemic, you know, we were all at home reflecting. My husband encouraged me. He was like, you know, you really should go and just, you know, you know, try it again. Like, you know, do do whatever you need to do to get those skills so you can pursue your passion, you know, becoming a data scientist. So that's what I did 2020. I completed a one-year um, boot camp at a local university. I learned all the technical skills, you know, that I needed to become a data scientist. But that was just like the very beginning because after that, you know, applied for jobs. I had like hundreds of rejections, you know, looking for jobs as a data scientist because everyone saw me as a teacher. You know, 20 years of teaching experience, it was hard for people to actually look at me as Tiffany the data scientist. So. I, I started like, you know, doing some projects. I actually failed my first interview, which is actually the job that I have today. <laughs> and so do you want me to tell you about that story? Or Absolutely, yes. My job searching um, story was, you know, I, I was getting a lots of rejection emails. Then I learned about how like, you know, companies were using the scanning system because, you know, 20 years, Monica, you know, when I when I used to job search, it was all about having your resume on card stock paper, you know, mm -hmm. maybe a, a offset, you know, the color a little bit so it could stand out in the pile. But, you know, I didn't, all that stuff was brand new to me. But mm -hmm. the story on how I got my first job as a data scientist was at my current company where I work at LexisNexis. I was granted an interview by my current manager now. And, you know, in the interview, he asked me, did I know anything about BERT? Now, BERT is, you know, machine learning algorithm. You know, he asked me, did I know anything about it? Of course, I had to tell him, no, I didn't know anything about BERT. But I honestly left that interview so excited because before that, I was using job descriptions to kind of like help guide my studying. Because in the data boot camp, we, I learned the technical skills, but I didn't have any advanced projects, you know, projects, enough projects that mm -hmm. someone want to hire me. So when he told me about BERT, I'm like, okay, I need to learn about BERT. And so after that interview, I completed a Udemy course on BERT. And then I went to Coursera and I completed a couple guided projects. And I, I emailed him because he had expired me. And I was like, you know, you really expired me since our interview. I completed this course. I completed these projects. And Monica, he was so impressed that he sent me to the next round of the interview process because they were still interviewing and I got the job. That's how I got my first job as a data scientist. <laughs>
So yeah, that's my whole story from high school. <laughs> that's school. such a fun story. I have so many questions. Okay. okay, okay so okay. when you switched from chemistry to math, how, what was that thought process? What made you, was it a quick, I want math? Or did you have something in mind why you chose math? Yeah, because actually when I was in high school, I actually completed calculus one and two. And so when I got to college, actually back up, I only I completed calculus one, you know, like they have the A, B and the B, C, but I, I completed calculus one. And so when I got to college, the only math I needed for chemistry was calculus one and two, but I didn't want to take calculus two in college because I hadn't been in college and I just felt like I wanted to make sure that I was prepared for calculus too, you know, you know, like just making sure. So basically long story short is that I ran out of math classes. And so I was like, I really like math. And, you know, like I saw that I had already maxed out of the math that I needed for that, for that degree for chemistry. And so it was really like my desire to just do and learn more math. That's how I switched to math. All right. And I love math. <laughs> <laughs> And now that you are a data scientist, how much do you love the fact that you switched to math? Because data scientists use math all the time, right? Well, you know what? People ask me that question all the time about like, what about the math? You don't have to be a math expert. You know, I mm -hmm. talked about that statistics program. I learned enough statistics. Like I, I learned so much, but like, I don't even remember all of it. And if you're not using the math on a day, you know, on a day to day basis, you're, you're going to forget it. So it's really not about like just having a whole bunch of courses and math. You really need to understand like the math behind, you know, like any models or any type of, you know, algorithms and things that you use in your current project. I, I don't feel like my math degree is what helps me in my current job because my current manager um, before me, my current manager now, who's actually a lead data scientist, her only degree is in costume design. So you don't mm -hmm. have to have a math degree to be, uh, you know, be a data scientist. So I don't, I don't feel like it helps me. I just know, I know I'm like, I'm good with just analytical thinking and just, you know, knowing how to problem solve. Those are the things I took away from my math. Okay. Okay. Do you think that your teaching helps you more in the data field? Yes, because honestly, strong communication skills like are a superpower. I I didn't know that like a lot of people can't really break down complex information so that everyone, all the stakeholders in the room can understand. And I really think that's what has really helped me the most in my current role as a data scientist. I remember doing um, a presentation and I was talking about an AWS concept, the XQSQ. And, and I used an example, a pancake house example, you know? And so at, at first when I was doing my present, when I was putting my presentation together, I was like, you know, this is going to be a little bit too, you know, too basic. But my boss keeps saying they want to make it simple, make it simple. And mm -hmm. when I did that presentation with the pancake house and everyone loved it, I was like, okay, this is what they want. Be able to explain it to a five-year-old. Like you need yes. to be able to, if you can do that, like the sky is the limit in your career. And so many people can't stop talking. Like, you know, they can't bring it down to a level mm -hmm. where, you know, where everyone can understand. So I really think that's what helped me the most. <laughs> that's so fun. Is that Pancake House example short? Can you share it? The whole idea is just being able to just explain it 
as simple as possible and being able to communicate and having, you know, as a teacher, I always had every student in mind when I was teaching, I, I would, you know, I didn't want to leave anyone behind. So I want to make sure that, you know, like my, my, you know, like my student who probably, you know, maybe struggle with certain concepts that they can understand. And, and I just always had that mindset when I'm doing any type of teaching or any type of presentation. I try, I don't assume that people know the technical. I think that's a problem. We all assume that when I say like API, that we understand what an API is or, you know, so. Absolutely. So making it relatable to everybody yes, is a good exactly. approach. Something else that you mentioned in your origin story that I wanted to circle back to was about networking. A lot of people, when they talk about trying to find new jobs, they talk about networking and going out and actively networking to find a job. What they don't talk about where you mentioned was your network could be people that you already know. So you went back to, what was it, teachers that you had in the past and they gave you a job. Yeah, exactly. They gave me, I mean, I, I had a really great relationship with my, you know, school administrators, teachers. And so just going back to the school and, you know, talking and they're like, you know, we're hiring for a math teacher, you know, <laughs> and, and honestly, remember my degrees in math. So I didn't have any, I didn't have any teaching education behind it. It was literally just me mimicking what I saw, what my teachers did, you know, as a high school student, I had some really great teachers. So just kind of following behind them, having a great mentor. I think that's important too. Like even now as a data scientist, that's one thing that I didn't have on my journey was a mentor that someone that can help guide me. And, but when it with teaching, I had that. What is your approach to finding a good mentor? Well, I honestly, you know, I realized on LinkedIn, like the community, the data community is so welcoming. You know, I, I really didn't know how to use LinkedIn when I first started because I'm really not, a, you know, I told you I had a, I had a beeper or pager, you know, so I'm not, you know, I, I'm before social media even existed. So like I can live without social media, but I've learned over time. And that's, that's the reason why I started my data sister brand is to come back and help people, you know, help like Tiffany from 2020, you know, help navigate things. Because when you, you need to find like people that are in the profession, find other data scientists. It was hard for me to connect with other data scientists again, because people saw me as teachers, but I was trying to connect versus follow and actually get knowledge. I was so focused on, they didn't connect with me when really I should have been focusing on finding, you know, finding someone, you know, follow the crowd, you know, like type in data, who are the top data, you know, data people, follow them, interact with their content. And then like all the connections and all that stuff will come, you know, start interacting with people's content and like set up some coffee chats. It, it really boils down to, you have to talk to people. We, you know, you can't just hide behind the computer, you know, screen or DMs, like really get out there. And I know, you know, as a teacher, I know that we have, you know, you have your introverts and people that are afraid to, to talk. But really, I, I really encourage people to kind of get out of their comfort zone and just have a, a, a conversation. It doesn't have to be formal. Just get out there and just talk and like, you know, have a real, you know, have a real conversation about just work without it being so formal. Just be yourself, you know, be yourself. And so as far as like a mentor, so like my current mentor is actually from he was my instructor. Hamza Farouk. 
he was my instructor in this um, class I took this past year, machine learning system designs. I went from being a student in his class to being his curriculum, you know, facilitator. I helped, you know, I helped with the, you know, with the students. And he kind of unofficially became my mentor. I'm like, can you be my mentor? I mean, I ask him all the time, but I just think like just really getting out there, volunteer, interacting with people, and then just asking. I, I, I would say that's the best approach. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing. I think people forget, or at least me, is that you can just ask somebody if you vibe with a manager or whatnot. That's how um, I got a mentor at one time was uh, just asking. I think too, like just having that title, it doesn't have to be so formal where it's like, you know, I have a mentor. I need to check in with them, you know, once a week, just really having someone that is willing to like, you know, be there and maybe like, you know, you can, ask questions or run things by, to me, that that would be, you know, someone you can consider a mentor. It doesn't have to be too formal. I think everyone wants everything to be formal, you know, and I, I think it's all about like just building relationships with people. And, mm -hmm. you know, there are several people now that I can just, you know, send them a message and, you know, they'll answer, you know, so I don't know. I, I think it's about building those, having those people skills as well, you know, like really, really work on that because that's important. That's going to really help you in your career as well. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. That's really great advice. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start talking about some projects that you're currently working on. We were trying not to get formal, but if we can formally transition into our fun bit section. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I am so, I'm super excited. So I'm actually working on a project now, a personal project, and it's for, it's to help people. But, you know, I cr I'm creating an app and the app is a self-interview app. So like, you know, if you're uncomfortable practicing interviewing in front of people, it's AI generated feedback. So basically the way that it works is that you'll be prompted with a random behavior interview question, you know, so like, I want to make sure that you kind of have that same interview experience. You don't know what the question will be, but you're going to be prompted with a question, get a chance to respond to the interview question. And you want to hit the star, you want to use the star method to answer your question. So star stands for, you know, situation, task, action, and results. And most people know about it, but my AI system is going to analyze your response and tell you whether or not you hit the star method. So it'll summer, if you hit the star method, it'll kind of summarize and pull out pieces, but it's also going to give you ways that you could have improved your answer. So I am super excited about this project. You know, I had the technology, like the actual model and like, you know, the AI system working a few months ago, but I've been spending time trying to get someone to help me build this website so that it's pretty and people can actually use it. But, you know, everyone is telling me two to three months. So I started watching YouTube videos, Monica. And like, that's how I learned. I went to YouTube, I found a video, I learned how to create a PHP application. Don't ask me what PHP stands for. I just know I created an app. And because of my 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 last couple years of just like always trying to debug and you know, I've messed up something. So I know how like I have really good debugging skills and I know how to like research and you know find errors. So I've used ChatGPT, I've used YouTube. And I have this app that's going to be coming soon, and it's probably going to really help a lot of people prepare, 
you know, my, my company, they sent me to the Grace Hopper Conference in Orlando last month. So, you know, to, mm -hmm. to help with recruitment. And oh my, I met so many like talented professionals, you know, me getting back into teacher mode. I'm like, you know, this is what you need to do to fix your resume. You know, I don't. <laughs> so I'm like giving them these tips. But I also noticed just like I was doing interviews that a lot of people, when you ask them a question, they don't have a structured response. And people who use the STAR method, I immediately recognized it, you know, when they answer. So that was my thought process. I'm like, hey, okay. Because I went, I went to the conference, but before that, I was helping out with interviews as well. So, like, that was, like, one of the reasons behind, you know, this whole app. So, it's all about having that business problem mindset, too. It's like, you know, how can I solve a problem, you know, that people are having? So, mm -hmm. I'm hoping that when this app comes out, right now it's called the Start Interview, Start Interview um, Prep. I think that's the, the URL that I have for Start Interview Prep. But just be on the lookout for that. I'm super excited. And it's not going to be pretty at first because, you know, I did it myself, <laughs> but it'll get better over time. But I'm hoping that, you know, it will help some people with yeah. their interview responses. So, yeah, yeah, I'm very excited to see it. <laughs> I, I am, too. I'm super excited. I, I really am. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. And I also, you know, because, you know, LinkedIn, I learned that it's all about you have to really get into the mindset of like paying it forward. Like I'm big on paying it forward. Like I love rolling up at Starbucks, you know, and like if I have some extra money, I might pay pay for someone behind me because someone did it for me. So like when it comes down, my whole point is just being able to give all the knowledge, like share and help. And I just feel like when you start sharing and helping, like the doors just open. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have this app, of course, you know, because I am using um, chat GPT on the back end. It will, people will have to pay for their credits, but I'm going to teach people how to make their own app where they can, you know, have their own interview session at home and create their own app because that's really what it's about right now with the whole rise of large language models, which ChatGPT, you know, is a large language model. I mean, everyone, you really need to step up your skills with, you know, like learn how to learn how to interact with large language models. It's really, it's really an art to it. Even like writing a good prompt, I'm sure people use chat GPT, you may ask a question and it's just like, that's not what I wanted, you know? So just really being able to interact. So I'm hoping that like when I start teaching, I'm going to have a webinar, I'm going to start teaching people like, you know, about prompt engineering, how to create a nice prompt. So then like the sky's the limit and you can take it from there and you have an app and you have things that you can put on your resume that, you know, people like to see interactive stuff. You know, I learned even as like, I'm not a recruiter, but I did interviewing and I, you know, I've been around lots of recruiters and they see these resumes. They People want to click. They want to click and see what you have. They don't want to just see a long report, you know, like you really should have something that's more interactive. And I think now with data science, you're really going to have to start getting into like trying to like deploy it is the word and really have something more interactive than just your normal, you know, data science data stuff i guess <laughs> like, true you, know. you can build so many cool things now yeah and that's what people want to see absolutely <laughs> so obviously you had to learn a lot 
with this app building. You didn't know how to build apps right before. And so what I like to ask my guests is what are your go-to resources when you're learning something new? You had already mentioned with the app building, you went to ChatGPT and YouTube. Were there any other resources that you usually go to when learning? So when it comes down to learning, my go-to place is Coursera. I love Coursera because they have guided projects. You know, like I'm a teacher. So, I mean, I know, you know, like I taught the class, but it's not about just taking a bunch of classes. You know, it, to me, I'm all about project-based learning. So if you want to learn something, like start off with a project and like kind of learn the skills as you need to go. So like, let's just say, for example, I like Coursera because I can say, you know, I want to learn SQL, but I don't want to just learn a whole bunch of SQL commands. I want to actually practice it. So with Coursera, they actually have guided projects. And so any topic, if I can, I can go there and I can put it into Coursera and I can find a guided project where I'm actually not just learning about the skill itself. I'm like, you know, I'm actually applying it and doing it. Just like get your hands dirty, like just get in there. Don't don't take a bunch of classes and certifications. Really understand what you're doing and the way that you're going to understand is by doing and that. And I go back to the math, you know, when it comes to data science, learn the math associated with you know, whatever you're working on. Then you start getting diving a little bit deeper with the math because that's how you're going to retain the information. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think you mentioned it a little bit before. Basically, if you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and I mean, and honestly, you know, we talk about nerdy stuff. You know, most people, they may have like a word search book or, you know, crossword puzzles. I have old calculus AP exam test book and I like to work out calculus problems. Oh, just wow. for, And I, I don't want to, it, it, it is for fun because I love math, but like, you know, I, I'm like, oh shoot, I forgot how to do this. So I have to go back. I mean, if you really, if you don't use that stuff, you will lose it. So yeah, that's what I like to do. I like, that's like my nerdy thing. I like to work out <laughs> math problems. I love that so much. So where do you buy these books with math problems in them? Well, I, I have, so like, I know this is audio recorded, but like I have like, you know, books when I was teaching calculus in high school that, you know, I will pull questions from for my students. So like, I have these books, I have, a, I have so many <laughs> textbooks and old books. And now it's, the, it's now, you know, everything is online, but like I have a lot of old workbooks and, you know, from the past. 20 years. I taught for 20 years. So I was a high school math teacher for 20 years. So I have a lot of resources. <laughs> I will say this, you know, I was, as soon as I found about found out about ChatGPT, I immediately called the technology person in my school district. I'm like, you need to block this site because, you know, one thing about, <laughs> I know my, my stepdaughter, she was like, Miss Tiffany, why did you, <laughs> why did you do that? But, you know, because one thing as a teacher, teachers are always the last people to find out about anything. So like when I was teaching, I didn't know anything about photo math. There's actually something called photo math where students could just take their phone, scan the math problem, and they'll get the answer. I and so that. I was so worried when ChatGPT hit the scene that like, you know, students are just going to be doing a lot of cheating. But after learning more about it, you know, I, I think I think they um, took off the, the block, but they did block it. <laughs> They blocked wow. it immediately because you can write a whole paper and teachers don't know about it. So um, 
but but one thing I learned about math, and people don't understand, and, and I will say this, this, this is another thing I want to mention. You know, large language models are like huge right now. And if you're interested in data science, you know, the foundation of that is natural language processing. So NLP, you'll hear, I really highly recommend that people get started on that. I mean, especially going to be a data scientist, because that's going to be like, you know, the foundation for, you know, for everything now. The large language models are, you know, language. So to go back to my whole point behind telling you this is because, you know, ChatGPT, he's predicting the next token. He, it's not, a, it's not like, you know, you can get a math problem wrong. I can put a long math problem in and he's not going to get it correct. I say he, you know, ChatGPT because it's language, you know, it's language and it's predicting the next token is not a math. So if you don't know how to put the correct prompt in, students can't really cheat with math on, you know, using ChatGPT. But yeah, if you're interested in data science right now, definitely jump on natural language processing, try to do some projects. One of the most famous uh, data set on Kaggle is the Twitter um, sentiment analysis data set. So go to Kaggle. That's that's another one of my top resources where you can get data. Go there and, and even check out some of the notebooks that work that people have done with that data set. But like start there. That would be like my recommendation especially anyone who's new to data science or you're job searching and you want to really have like a, you know, what type of project should I have on my portfolio? I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. A natural language processing project. Those are all really, really great takeaways. Thank you so much, yeah. Tiffany, for coming on the show and sharing all of your knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. That's, I mean, <laughs> it's all about, I can't get away from teaching. I told you that Monica, like I can't <laughs> help it. It's like, I, I I love helping people. I love teaching and just, I don't know, inspiring people. So that's why I'm here. You know, mm -hmm. that's why I'm back here on day on, on LinkedIn because I when I first heard about LinkedIn, I'm like really another social media site. Like I just was not interested at all. Like I wasn't at all. So like, but now I have a, a, a nice size following, which is great. Like, I mean, and I want to help people. I want to get the word out, especially with my app. You know, when I finish my app, I want to be mm -hmm. able to get out to as many people to help as many people as, as possible. So, yeah, follow me on LinkedIn. I'm <laughs> I share my, you know, stories. Um, yeah, I'm very, you know, because people need to know, like, some of the challenges that you have. It's not about always, you know, like all the, you know, oh, I, you know, I accomplished this and I accomplished that. But, like, tell me about your failures. And that's what people need to hear. You know, mm -hmm. with my with my data sister brand, I've met with several people. I've done career coaching. I've cried with some, you know, some people like women. I, I had one, you know, one um, mother, you know, she had children at home. But like, I just really relate to people and I understand, especially when people really were trying to find a job, you know, and they need help with this whole getting around like this whole system. And there is a system out there. If you want to get a job, my number one, the secret sauce, Monica, to getting a job is employee referral. Like, if you want to get your resume out of that sea of, I mean, sea of resumes, like, I mean, think about if a company puts a job out and they have, I'll just say a thousand applicants. I mean, like, at Grace Hopper, they people were running in the door when they opened the doors. They ran inside. It was so many people. So how do you get your resume, you know, to stand out? 
that someone actually looks at your resume. And so we hear about this ATS system, application tracking system that companies use when they scan resumes. Well, and so that, you know, that narrows down your sample space or your little, you know, your little space of resumes. But how do you really get it into the hands of someone? And the secret sauce are employer referrals. Companies actually prefer employer referrals over direct um, people that apply directly because statistics show that those people tend to stay on longer. And so if you can, before you apply to any job, go to LinkedIn, go to whatever company, you know, whatever company you're trying to apply for a, a position, make sure you're following the company because I've heard, I've had some recruiters tell me that, you know, they pull up someone's LinkedIn and you're not even following the company. So, you know, make sure you're following the company, go to the people tab and find someone that you have something in common with. You know, I was I always start off with my, you know, my alma mater, North Carolina Central University, because, you know, it's easy. You know, we always say Eagle Pride Amplified. So I can just send a DM and say Eagle Pride Amplified. And, you know, hey, you know, it, and, and they'll it'll start a conversation, you know, and because we have that school pride. So it doesn't have to be like another data scientist or a data person. Find someone that went to your school, someone that maybe lives in your city, just something that you can find something, some type of common ground where you can have like a nice conversation, just set up a coffee chat, you know, hey, you know, you mind having a chat and set up a coffee chat and just talk and then ask them for an employer referral. And let me tell you the trick behind that, Employ most companies, for their employer referrals, if someone gets successfully hired, the employee gets an incentive. So it's a win yep. situation. <laughs> so don't be afraid because I hear people all the time. I'm so afraid to ask, but I'm like, no, like it's a win-win situation. That's the secret sauce, y'all. Employee referrals. I learned that, and that's what you want to have because you'll just be applying and applying and applying for jobs. Um, so yeah. Awesome. <laughs> this was so packed full of great tips and tricks. <laughs> Another thing I will say too, for anyone that's like new to the field, you know, I left a 20 year teaching career. I was, you know, established. I was national board certified. As a matter of fact, my teaching license doesn't expire to 2031. So I'm technically still, you know, a teacher. But the thing is, you know, I was afraid of starting over. And at my company, this year, I actually got named, after two years, I got named as one of the amazing people at my company. And it was for creating a very simple classification model, like a yes, no, like very simple model. But the reason why I was named one of the amazing people is because that simple model solved a big problem. It, it, it helped speed up our processes and save our company some money. So don't think that like as a new a new beginner that you can't make a huge impact at your company. Just try to have like just make sure that you still have like that business mindset problems you're trying to solve. You hear me talk about my star interview method. I'm trying to solve a problem. Always have that mindset and the sky's the limit. It, it, it really is. You don't have to know it all. And what my mentor said, he said that you don't have to know how to ride a horse to drive a car. And so you feel like that, you know, you're starting late, you know, remember data science is out 2011. I don't know all of the stuff before me, but I do one thing that's helping me now is that I know about large language models. That's what's it. That's what's now. Everyone is talking about that. So like just me having knowledge about large language models now, 
really puts me, sets me aside from even like some of the most seasoned data scientists who don't, who don't have that experience or, you know, the skills or learn the technology behind it. So yeah, so just have that mindset. You don't have to start from scratch in data science. And that's one thing I love about this field. Like there's always something new to learn. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Where, if anybody has any questions, can they find and or follow you? The best place to find me is on LinkedIn. I'm active pretty much every day. I don't I don't post on Sunday. That's family time. But LinkedIn, please follow me. If you have any questions, drop me a DM or, you know, comment on my post. And please, if you know, if you're listening to this podcast, definitely reach out and let me know what you think, you know, comment on, I'm sure Monica, you'll put out a post and make sure you comment on the post. I would love to know your thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you again. (laughs) So much Monica for having me. Yay. (laughs) And as always folks, happy learning. Yay.